Welcome to the Random Tea Sleepy Hollow Podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Shania. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 4, The Sisters Mills. Yay! Yay! Uh, we were really excited about this one just based on the name. Yes. Because... Because we, sisters. Yeah. A- any any Abby Jenny time, I'm, I'm all behind. I'm a big fan of seeing the interaction between the I love their relationship. Yeah. It's not perfect. No, and... and by I'm, any means. And I like that it's not. Yeah, they, but that's I mean, what I like about it. Yeah. For like ten for like thirteen years they barely spoke. Right. So Yeah. And I think the dynamic that they've portrayed in the show is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Because while Jenny is still the little sister, she's not the little sister. Right. And she has her own sphere of expertise. And Abby right. has hers. And I like when like we saw um I think it was last episode when uh Jenny brought the plate for Abby to run for her because Abby's got all her FBI contacts. Yes. And, and I like that. Yes. It's they're they're on equal footing. Mm-hmm. Um I it's it's an equal Abby's not the boss of her. Right. Or vice versa. Right. Uh so I I really enjoy seeing that dynamic that they have. Yeah. So this was a total filler episode, but I liked it. There was a tiny touch of story progression with Pandora at yeah. the end of the day. But for the most part, it was a filler monster, monster of, the of the week. But I was okay with that. I was kind of hoping by, what was it? It was a couple of days before the episode aired that I finally realized, and I was telling you about it, that the Sisters Mills is a play on the Brothers Grimm. Yeah, because we knew this was the Tooth Fairy episode based on the previous, the, the next week's right. uh, teaser. Um so, yeah, and I didn't get that at all until you told me. Well, I was really kind of, I mean, I saw, we saw from the previews the Tooth Fairy, but when I finally figured the Brothers Grimm part, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, maybe they'll, it's more than, maybe it's just fairy ta- tales in general, not just a Tooth Fairy episode. Yeah. Well, it turned out it, it was, was just a Tooth, tooth Fairy, fairy episode, episode yeah. which was okay. I think it would have been yeah. too complex if they started pulling they would get too kooky. Yeah. So I was okay with how it played and out. And we're going to have enough kooky next week with the Bones crossover. I just don't even want to think about that right now. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, we should go ahead and tell our listeners that we will be watching both the Bones episode and the Sleepy Hollow episode and the Sleepy Hollow. We and will, we'll do it as one cast, but we will not recap Bones. No, we'll do. We'll a, discuss it. We'll 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 talk about what happened on it as it's relevant to Ichabod and Abby. Correct. So you probably get a two-hour special. Oh, a two-hour Halloween special there you podcast. Go. There you go. Because I'm, yeah, I'm guessing it will be some, so, something along those yeah. lines. I, uh, I just, I don't even want to think about it right now. But yeah, so if you have any <laughs> thoughts, if you have any thoughts about the upcoming crossover, uh, send us an email at randomtpodcasts at gmail dot com and let us know. Yes, please. How you think and you feel about that? Yeah. And uh, speaking of feedback, we actually have some uh, that we wanted to go over before we got into the recap. Um, this comes from, uh, Tony emailed us and, um, he had an interesting idea. He thinks that, uh, Ichabod and Abby are already married and the show is being told in reverse. I will give them. Which I think is interesting. That's a very interesting take on it. I don't see it. Um, but all head, all head cannons are valid. Exactly. He thinks that's why the show is kind of playing with us. Because they're already there. Um, which, can I just say, if that's a thing, I would be right up behind it. I am. That's where I want the show to go. I yeah. want them to end up together. Yeah. Um, but he also, um, ha- he was he was 
really frustrated about the fact that um it could be a she tony could be tony a she. could be a she they are frustrated about um you know uh if if fox is going to do this actually explicitly say it because this is an interracial couple and i honestly i thought about this a lot i do not think race is a deciding factor in fox um i think because uh, johnny and i talked about this offline um and she made a really good point they wouldn't have cast a black female lead no i don't think they would have cast a black female lead across from uh from tom yeah uh and then there's also we already had jenny and holly together yeah that's an interracial couple yep uh, I mean, this show has, in their main cast, they have uh, two black women and a black mm-hmm. man. And then, I can't remember her name, Pandora. Mm-hmm. Shannon's house mom. Who uh, is also a woman of color. And then we have Joe and Ichabod, who are white men. So yeah. they're, I don't want to say they're the minority on the show, but they, of the main cast. Yeah. Two out of six. Yeah. Is technically a minority. Which is so, great. I think Which that's I think awesome. is wonderful. Well, and if it's you one look, of the reasons I like the show so much is it's so diverse. Well, and when they tried to when they tried to go more of the white angle, it pissed off a lot of people because people were Last like, We season, like this show to be diverse. It was John Noble and it was Katrina and it was it got whitewashed yes, a little bit for a it while. Did. And I'm glad that they went back the other I think they saw uh how bad that was hurting them. And Orlando was very vocal about it. He was very was very very vocal about it, and he wouldn't. He's not come. He it's he's not coming back. Yeah, but I will say, so. if you look canonically in the show, um, Abby and Luke had a relationship, and he was uh, um, Hispanic, and she's yes, a woman of color. And absolutely. Andy had romantic feelings toward Abby, and he was uh, Asian. Yeah. So I mean, interracial couples are not unknown on this show. I don't think Fox would. Or the showrunners or who are the powers that be, whoever they may be. I honestly don't think that that's going to be a barrier. I don't either. I Based think, on what we've seen so right. far. I, I, I have to agree with you on that. I think the only barrier is the, the common problem of when you have your two lead characters become a couple mm-hmm. over this you want them to be together and then when they finally are together then it kills the show yeah it's happened so many times it's the main reason you and i stopped watching bones yeah it got really weird and boring it it killed the fun on gilmore gore gilmore girls mm-hmm. when luke and lorelei got together yep it what was it moonlighting mm-hmm. like that's that's the classic the trope that, that always comes up is it's, moonlighting it's the it moonlighting just trope boring yeah, and I think that's the thing. And I also want to point out another reason why we don't feel like it's an issue is the Gotham social media outlets often use the hashtag Ica Abbey. Oh, you mean uh, Sleepy Hollow? You say Gotham? Did I say Gotham? Yeah, my apologies. But yeah, they they're like the they've been tweeting Ica Abbey. The they s- know. Yes. And um, Clifton Campbell, who uh, is the new showrunner, he has been. Uh, and uh, if somebody has a link to the interview please send it to us because um, I remember reading it and I can't get my hands on it, but I remember him making a comment that Ichabod and Abby were going to be a quote-unquote slow burn. Right, I think Which I is fine for me. Right. Oh, it needs as to be a slow burn. As much as I will bitch and moan and bitch and moan about anybody that looks at my babies that aren't my babies. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so and, and yeah, because the social, if they don't know what that hashtag is all about. Yeah. 
then they're doing social media wrong. But I'll promise you that they have people in their marketing department who have done the research on this tag and they know exactly what it is. And if you look at their Instagram account and if you look at their Twitter account, both have used Ica Abby as a hashtag. In positive terms, too. Yes, yes. Not in negative terms. So, um... Not in a, you guys are just, you know, in a, in a condescending, mocking kind of way. Absolutely. Now, all of that being said, I do agree that interracial relationships and people of color are very underrepresented. Yes. In television, in movies, in, uh, in all, in all walks of, and just in everything, pretty much. Um, yeah. When we watched the Emmys this year, mm-hmm. and... Crap, what was her name? Viola Davis. Thank you. When she, This is why you helped me so much. <laughs> I can't remember. Crap. And when she won, she was the first black woman to win uh, in a leading, actress in a leading role for drama. Mm-hmm. And the speech that she gave brought tears to my eyes. That was beautiful. Um, and she's absolutely right. Because yeah. the opportunities are not there. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons I love Sleepy Hollow. And she actually mentions Nicole, she mentions Nicole in her speech. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was her accept- great. And her, her thank you. So, uh, yes, it is a problem. We're not saying it's not a problem. Yeah. I just, we're just saying that we feel, it's our opinion that there it's here on the show. And I... And on this show. If I put my cynical marketing hat on oh, and yeah. don't even look at it from a social kind of standpoint and just look at it from, it would get them press. I'm not saying they're going to do it this season, but no. when it does finally happen, which I think it is endgame, they're going to get press for it. Yeah. Whether whether it's the right move, which it is, mm-hmm. or not, they're, you know, so, so you have to look at it from several different angles. Right, and... Fox is the, and this was another thing we were talking about. If any network, it's it will be Fox because they're yeah. the ones that they get. Man, they get hit all the time between uh, Family Guy mm-hmm. and a bunch of their other. Is it Modern Family? That's on Fox. No, that's it, on ABC. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Uh, but they Fox does lots of shows where they get the the letters and emails and crap from uh, the conservatives. About their garbage. Which is hilarious because Fox News is a thing. I know. I don't understand that. <laughs> so, um, I mean, if you have issues with a program, don't watch it because they know you're watching. Yeah. And, you know, that ups their ratings. So, don't. But I, I do. I have I have faith that. I do, too. Ica I Abby think it's is, coming. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, that's all of our feedback. Yep. So, guys, yeah, absolutely. Send us emails again at randomtpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Um, so, to get back to the episode, um, yes. I'm really excited about our director. Our director is Guillermo Navarro. And <gasps> at and first I was like, was ooh, he? Guillermo. Um, not to be confused with. Not to be confused with Guillermo del Toro, who I love. Um, but I was like, so I was looking at this guy's resume, which, by the way, IMDb, you suck. Once again, I had to go get this elsewhere. Ugh. Um, but Guillermo Navarro was the director of photography on Pacific Rim, Hellboy, Hellboy 2, and Pan's Labyrinth, all with Guillermo del Toro. You sure it's not Guillermo under a different name? Cause... No, he had a picture. Oh, okay. Um, so I just thought that was really cool. And I think, I think the sensibility, like the way the, the way the, um, the monster moved, I think kind of called back to some of the, some of the effects I've seen from from uh del toro so i think it's really cool they that this guy's moving into directing and he so far he's done um 
He's done, uh, I think, like seven TV episodes of nothing. Nothing that really struck me as noteworthy. But I'm, I'm excited. I hope he comes back because I think, I think he did a great job with the visuals in this. Nothing came out super cheesy. Mm, I don't. I'm trying. So. I'm just trying to think through my head if I can think of anything super cheesy. You're a horror critic more than I am. I am. Uh, but uh, you know who wrote it. Who wrote it? Heather Renier. Was it Heather? Yeah, she Don't wrote we... Midnight Ride. Yeah, of course she did. Indispensable Man and The Abyss Looks Back and then Kali Yuga. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we like Heather. Mm-hmm. I we like do. Heather a lot. So, yeah. Of course she of course she wrote Midnight Ride. Yeah. She likes her some Paul Revere. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about that when we, once we get into it. Yeah. Um. So, we start out and we've got these two little girls, uh, Saffron and her sister Tessa. And they're playing, and it's really sweet. And already, I think the first thing I said to you was, like, don't kill the babies. I know. Please don't kill the babies. And Because, uh, you know, right away, we're in the first five minutes of Sleepy Hollow. And uh, their dad comes in, and he gets them into bed. And they sleep, they're sleeping in the same room. And um, as soon as the lights are out, um, the older sister, she turns and sees this creature on top of her little her little sister i would like to point out that that thing got there like two seconds after daddy shut that door Mm -hmm. well it's a monster so that was fast and it's like sucking energy out of her face that's so weird yeah it's got this long like that tongue tongue now that tongue was a little cheesy so yeah that was like yeah i was like please don't please don't hurt my baby Mm. they're they're so young and tiny and so uh we go to (laughs) to Ichabod who is gaming at home and already I'm happy yeah I'm glad to see that they're pulling back details that we've seen previously we've seen him do this before so sure we would see now if they did it over and over and over yeah we would get bored of it yeah uh but I just and he's sucking down that soda which we've never really seen him no consume sugar yeah. And God, t- like this. Or even really eat much of anything until this episode. Well, you know the implications for that console. Either Abby bought it for Ichabod. Well, he or had, Abby Games, too. Well, remember, he had it at the archives. Yeah. When but, he first but, discovered you know it. he ain't got no money. Well, you know he ain't got no money. So she so, either bought it for him or, or she, she already had it. So either way, I'm happy. But I want to know what game this is. It's a first-person shooter. Yeah. So, and neither you or I really play first-person shooters. No, not, no, not like that. Now, we both do console gaming. Yes. And PC gaming from yes. time to time. Um, but I just, I don't know what this is. And it, I'm assuming it's a real game because I, I don't think they would develop something just to not use a real game. Yeah, but at the same time, that would be product placement. Yeah. So, I'm curious to know if anybody out there knows Recognize what, what game, game this was. is. And if it's something that just came out, like, is it the new Halo that just came out? Oh, yeah, it did just come out, didn't mm-hmm. it? And they've been advertising the shit out of it. So That's because it doesn't get, it's not on PlayStation. It's oh, on Xbox, so I know nothing about it. I don't like Halo, so. Okay. Because I play, I do PlayStation. She's an Xbox, so. Yeah. But we kind of did We're that. a mixed home. <laughs> but I got a PlayStation because you had the Xbox. Yes. So. Yes. That way we had both we systems. Have coverage. Just in case, you know, <laughs> we needed to trade. In case, yes. Um. So, so far, we haven't had to. So. We haven't had to, no. So, this is great. And um, so, Abby's like, hey, you know, you probably need to study for your citizenship test. And he's like, um, I don't need to study history because I lived it. Boy, he is such an arrogant little ass. I know. And so, we find out that um, the test is at the end of the month. 
And um, he's like, and furthermore, it's multiple choice. Jeez, if I can't figure this out. And so Abby's like, okay, so let me ask you a question. When was the uh, when was the um, Declaration of Independence ratified? And he was like, uh, July second. She's like, uh, July fourth. And he's like, no, that's the holiday. Da 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 da. And she's like, yeah, you have to learn the version of history that we teach people. It's basically what it boils down to. And um, yep. but Abby finds out that um, Zoe's been texting Ichabod. Okay, but I do want to point out that Ichabod is right. Yes, of course okay. he's right. Um, I have complete faith in his knowledge, but that's not what we teach little kids in school. No, it's not. But I do have a link to uh, constitutionfacts.com. Okay. That clearly states on here that it was, in fact, formally declared on July 2nd, 1976. 1776. That's what I said. Okay. Um, But I like this because it calls back to the Midnight Ride episode where, um, which I just rewatched that scene like, 20 minutes ago just to be sure <laughs> we did um where Ichabod's at the museum and the uh, tour guide is telling the kids all this stuff about Paul Revere and it's a bunch of crap yeah but we'll get to Paul Revere yes so I thought that so I thought that was interesting this goes back to yeah absolutely history is not necessarily what happened no it's not and it could be even a little bit different and so he might fail his test <laughs> but the Abby's point is that sh- he needs to pass the test on this this history that Mm -hmm. they're giving him not just yeah and so um which i think is absolutely stupid abby uh, notices the text and he's like yeah she's helping me with the whole citizenship thing and um is this the point where she counts the text she says 20 texts an hour yeah i was like wow abby and so I got a lot of I got a lot of John and Sherlock parallels in this episode, and that was one of them because Abby is John Watson and Ichabod is Sherlock, and Absolutely. she's counting texts yes. like a jealous yes. jealous monger that was who is my jealous. Very first thought yes. was this is so Sherlock right here. Yeah. So I was a happy bunny because she was jealous. Um, but Ichabod, um, he changes the subject and he wants to know if. Uh, She's going to tell Jenny about their dad. Well, he's getting back at her for picking on him mm-hmm. about the text because she says, I can't unknow this. Yeah. <clears throat> I apologize. My throat is not acting okay today. So. Yeah. And I um, sound stuffy. We, <laughs> we did Rocky Horror Picture we, Show yes, last we, night. Yeah. So there was a lot of yelling. So yeah. we apologize. Um, she's saying she can't unknow it. Yeah. So he's getting back at her about her dad's thing. He cannot. Un- Man, this was the best sassy roommate scene. They were scene. so sass. I loved it. Uh, um, but Abby does say that um, Jenny did not accept it very well when their dad left. And which this, we f- this to me is total Jenny character. Jenny's like, you're dead to me. You're dead to me, bitch. Yeah, I can this see This is it. horrible. Right. Like, you made a choice, and she's very much, like, I see, I see Jenny as being very uncompromising. When somebody, when somebody fucks her up, just be like, nope, nope, you're gone. Well, you're not worth my time, which I think is really a healthy way to look at it, honestly. Well, in the life that she's led, it's literally live or die. Yeah. Once she's had somebody in her line of work betray her. Mm-hmm. You have to cut, you have to cut that off. And she's had that father figure from Corbin. Yes. And she knows what a positive relationship looks yes. like. Yes, that's the man she considered her father. And so I've, I'm on Jenny's side if, you know, if this whole thing is what Abby thinks it's going to be, which is... Right. You know, so I... But I, we learn more about, about all, about all this that. later. Yes, we do. But he says to her, 
that she will make the right decision at the right time. Yep. Which is something I want to bring up later in the episode. Okay. Okay. So. Good to know. When we get there. Um, so, uh, Joe calls. And yay. Yeah, this is and this was a great way to bring them into a case a different way. The inner I know because it wasn't an FBI case. It wasn't Jenny. It was Joe. So we're seeing very simply in just that because he's only in he's not in this episode five minutes. Yeah. All together. Yeah, exactly. But we still see the interaction of Joe with with the team with the team and all together. Yep. And all we needed was this one phone call for him to bring them in. It was great. And boom, there it was. It was that easy to do. Yeah. This is good writing. Yeah. Thank you, Heather. Yes. Thank bless you, Heather. you for doing this. Um, he so seems really nervous. He does. And, um, well, and you got to look at But that makes it, sense for his character. You got to look at it like he doesn't know much about this. Exactly. So... For all he knows, Abby could be like, Joe, this is this is nothing. Or it turns out to be nothing. But he felt the need to call and say, hey, I'm, I saw something that was weird. But he didn't call Jenny. He called Abby. He called Abby. So we didn't see it happen. But um, they must have had, like, dinner. Mm-hmm. And so, all right, Joe, here's what Jenny does. Here's what Abby does. Here's who Abby and Ichabod are. And yeah. Here's how the not. Here's how it all works. Here's how this stuff's divvied up. And they had to have because we see Joe call Abby. Yeah. Why didn't he call Jenny? Yeah. But that also goes back to Abby and um, Ichabod aren't an island from Jenny and Joe. And they, specifically they are a Joe. Team. Yes. Yeah. It's, so this was this was great. It's no longer uh, like because in season one. Jenny was on the team with Ichabod and Abby and Frank. In mm-hmm. season two, we lost that dynamic. Yeah. yeah. And so here we're seeing them all again together as a team. It's great. So it's really exciting. Yeah. And it turns out that um, he was the first responder on the, the call for the little girl. And she is now in a coma. But her sister, Saffron, is saying that she saw a monster do this to her. And so he's, you know, he doesn't know if it's anything, but he wanted to let her know. So I thought that was great. Um, And so we're at the hospital and we see Pandora. Her hair is short again. Yep. So we're seeing her implement disguises of a sort. Yeah. She adapts to her settings. But she's, it's, it's happening over and over. Yeah. Which is, but yet she's not trying to disguise her face. No, just. And I don't know if that's it's, a, it's a if that's a s- plot device or if that's purely because they don't want to use multiple actors and they, they have Shannon Tossman. I think it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, that and I love her. Yeah, I do so. too. I think she's great so far. And so um, Pandora goes up to, she's dressed like a nurse and she goes up to Saffron. Actually, you know what? She's dressed as a nurse or a doctor. She's just in scrubs. So exactly. Either one. She could be a nurse or a doctor or a nurse practitioner or, or what who knows. Ever. And so she goes up to little little Saffron, who's precious and adorable, and she's like, Your sister's gonna be fine. And at first I was like, What you talking about, Pandora? And um Pandora leaves and this is when Abby and Jenny show up and they introduce themselves to the little girl and it is awesome. It is so precious. You know she had to have invited Jenny Long because of the sister dynamic. Oh, yeah. That was planned. Yeah. And um, 
So, of course, it was in the script. And too, I but. love it because Jenny gets right down on her level like immediately. And um, Jenny does that later too. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that. Good and point. so uh, Jenny's like, you're really brave to, to say anything about the monster you saw. And, you know, we want to, we want to listen to what you have to say. And so I thought that was really great. Um, so they talked to, they talked to Saffron for a little while, but afterwards we see Abby and Jenny, um, meet back up with Ichabod and they tell her what, what Saffron described. Right. They're all working together, which is what we were just talking about because Abby got a hold of Jenny and they all came to the hospital together Mm -hmm. to work on this. And they, like, I can, with every, all this that's just happened, I know in my head that when they got to the, the three of them got to the hospital as a group, they decided, okay, Ichabod's going to stay over here and we're going to let the sisters go and talk to her. Yep. But we didn't have to see it to know that that happened. Yeah, exactly. Because of the way the the, the scene played out. Yeah, that's how you write. And a it scene. was so great. It was so great. Um, because they there has to be some kind of economy of time because they do only have like forty three minutes or whatever it is for your standard hour of television. Right. So they're telling us stuff without actually having to take time to tell us. But it, it's 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 working. It's hard to do well. And they did it well. Heather did very well. Go Heather. So, um, or but also Guillermo because he directed the scene. True, true. Um, and so uh, Ichabod, of course, is like Pandora's behind this. <laughs> well, immediately plot. But he also says something about this. This is going to spread panic, which is what she wants. How do we know that that's what she wants? Though? Because we, as the audience, know that she wants fear. Mm-hmm. because she's growing that fear plant and she says the word fear like 500 times an episode but i don't know how ichabod knows that other than the monsters that they've come in contact with are supposed to all be scary but that's the whole point evil's scary yeah if it wasn't scary and bad it wouldn't be evil i mean if she if if her job was purely to Mass panic. She could let the headless horseman out and just start rampaging. The only thing, I, <clears throat> excuse me again. The only thing I can figure is that he's saying it to tell the audience to bring the audience along with the story. I just wish I know where that logic leap came How, from. How? Yeah, for him. I don't know. So whatever, we'll just have to suspend whatever. Um. So the next, uh, the next day, Abby calls Reynolds, and. She says that she is working on this case. And I'm not really sure why, but he lets her work on it. Oh, you are sure? I don't know why he lets her work on it, but I know why the scene exists. Okay. Remember why the hell an FBI agent is working on this? No. Um, You remember in season two, we kept complaining about how, why is Abby not, why isn't she at work? Why isn't she working? Why isn't Abby at work? She called into work and told them, hey, I'm not coming in. I'm going to go look at this. Okay. So they're filling in that little a plot hole that we had problems with last season. Yeah. Because it's the first, not necessarily the most uh, right. the foundation isn't isn't completely sound, but at least they're addressing it. Yeah. It's it. I don't un, I don't get why he's just letting her. He's got a backlog. Abby, I need you to come in and work on actual FBI crap. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Not this thing you picked up and decided it's a case. Right. It didn't play through yeah. as well as it should have, but they tried. Yeah. So while it didn't work, 
It was. I got to give them credit for letting them try to get it in there. You get a you tried star. So okay, I'll I'll take what which, I can get. And I didn't really catch it until uh, the rewatch mm-hmm. because when you when you watch the first time, you're trying to just watch the show because mm-hmm. I try to watch the show as a regular audience the first time yeah and rewatches for podcasting so I didn't pick it up until the rewatch but this is a detail that we asked for that's true it just didn't work that's true um and so uh she decides to go search the house uh the girl's house with Jenny um and Ichabod gets uh child duty now he's gonna talk to little saffron this I don't understand <laughs> I don't either. Your your child has fallen into a coma. Mm-hmm. Your other kid says it was a monster that did it to her. Mm-hmm. So you're going to let the FBI come in and search your house? Yeah. I don't get that. Your kid's in a coma. Yeah. And he's out there raking his yard. Doing, yeah, doing yard work. And Ichabod's just randomly going to talk to his to his daughter without either parent present. No. Yeah. That's a little bit too much suspension of disbelief right yeah. here. Um, so uh they go into the bedroom and Abby's like, Oh hey, remember this is like one of those houses when we lived on a certain street, um, with dad. And one of the windows was like their porthole window and we get some sister memories. We get some sister memories and Jenny's like, I was too young. Jenny's like, I don't remember that. Um but she's like, so do you ever think of dad? She's feeling her out. Yeah. And so, uh, and Jenny's like, nope. And that's mutual because I'm sure he's not thinking of us either because he's not doing a damn thing about us. Nope. And, um, and Jenny's just purely closed off and she's like, you know what? He didn't care about us. And, uh, she makes the comment that he probably drank himself to death. Or is on his way to drinking himself to yeah. death. Yeah. So, um, so I, I don't blame Jenny at all at this point. No, but the whole point of the scene, though, is she's, Abby's feeling Jenny out. Yeah. So. Um, and meanwhile, we go to Ichabod, who's randomly shouting at this child. Oh, my God. His, his, like, volume of his voice is way up. Well, okay, in my rewatch, I realized what had happened. Okay. He walks in, and he starts talking to her, but she's not responding to him Mm -hmm. so he says oh you must be hard of hearing and that's when he starts yelling oh okay but why he continued to yell after the joke beyond that point i yeah because he does the quarter in the ear trick which is just a hint of things to come yes he calls it a silver specie yeah which is it basically specie basically means coin yeah and um of course, in true, because uh, this is kind of a trope of, you know, cartoons where somebody has to babysit and they can't, uh, they can't entertain the child until they accidentally hurt themselves. And the kid is just like, just really amused by, you know, the babysitter's pain. And so she's completely not, uh, not at all amused by Ichabod until he um, hits his head. And then that gets her laughing. He said, he says to her, you have a sadistic sense of humor. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Um, and so she says that her dad doesn't believe her. But and dads are supposed to believe you. But dads are supposed to believe you. And I just, um, like, please somebody hug her, not Ichabod, because that would be weird, because that's not your kid. But, um. And Ichabod's done enough damage yeah. at this point. And so, um, but he does get her to draw what she saw. 
And so he shows the sketch to um, to Abby and Jenny. And it's it's a child's drawing, but it does show a monster. I Yeah, it is. I just don't understand how... And the kid names the monster the, the, the tooth, tooth fairy. fairy. Um, which I just realized I needed to point that out to explain my problem here. I don't understand how this child connected Tooth Fairy to this monster. Yeah, because it was like sucking energy out. It's not like it... it took a tooth or something and now when the dad put the little girl to bed he said did you brush your teeth and yes she's missing teeth but they made no reference that she had just lost the tooth and the tooth was under her pillow yeah if they had done that i would have said oh okay i see the leak that the child made that this was the tooth fairy because the little girl presumably just knows the tooth fairy from popular culture which is it's nice and good and and a, a fairy and you know and she's the older sister so surely she's lost a tooth before this didn't happen then yeah so so i just don't see how this child made the connection that this was the tooth fairy they didn't show it to us yeah so i i don't understand but ichabod talks about creepy fairy tales yep which made me think of the brothers Grimm. yeah exactly um but he complains about how in disney cinderella uh they didn't cut their feet off didn't cut their feet off and then it reminded me this was the sick sad child i was you read the Grimm's fairy tales no my favorite story when i was a kid was the little mermaid Mm mm-hmm and the version, it was not, this was long, long before Disney yeah. did The Little Mermaid because yeah. I'm old. And <laughs> so um, when I was little, this back then we went to the library for entertainment. <laughs> we did. And uh, no, my mom would take us to the library every summer to do uh, the summer reading stuff. Yeah. And it was yeah. just right down the road. So we could literally walk to it. But they had The Little Mermaid on audio tape. Yes, audio tapes were around when I was oh, little. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would check out the Little Mermaid audio tape with the book mm-hmm. and would listen to it over and over and over. It was my favorite. And you know, at the end of the Little Mermaid, Ariel dies. Yeah, she becomes Flotsam and Jetsam, doesn't she? Like on the waves, yeah, she becomes so like the sea foam yeah. or whatever. So I was, I was a really weird kid. Yeah. Well, I loved that story. I, I read the Grimm once I figured out there were violent oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. i was like yeah, hey yeah. mom I would and dad like to, i would like to read them again very soon but, yeah. yeah but yeah i was like that was a six sad child i liked nah. that stuff nah so oh, i'm just a six sad adult then no you're okay. just you <laughs> i'm not normal eh it's fine most little kids wanted to dress up as princesses not me nope but yeah the grim stories were very very depressed i was really hoping we'd get more of that yeah and we didn't yeah so um, but this does open a door for them to do other monsters. It does. In this manner. Um, and so, uh, Ichabod says that, um, when a child loses a tooth, it's, it can be, um, a harbinger of tragedy. And, uh, because that's what happened to Betsy. I just don't fucking even care. Betsy Ross. Don't even freaking care. My only, every single time they show her, my only silver lining is, well, at least she's still in the past. Well, what bothers me is that for two seasons, we never heard of this woman, and now we're getting her every freaking episode. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we're getting a woman from history, I'm fairly certain there was more than one. Yeah. <laughs> there was more than one woman. No, there was Katrina, too, so there were two of them. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I just... <sighs> yeah. Um, so, we get a flashback, and um, Betsy's niece is sick. Yeah. And nobody can figure out what's wrong with her. And there were other children in the town affected. 
And so we see her with her nephew. Um, and she does the ear thing with her nephew. And Ichabod shows up. And um, he's he's coming to help because she's his quote unquote friend. And um, but they've called Paul Revere in. <gasps> who they say is the local dentist. Mm. So uh, it turns out all of the children that fell into comas, uh, they lost a tooth. And so after Paul Revere showed up, Betsy's like, hey, okay, get out. Um, Because she makes, you know, a show of literally shutting Ichabod out so he can't see what happens. All he sees is this big bright flash under the door. And shortly thereafter, the girl recovered. Right. Um, we can either get into Paul Revere now or we can get into Paul Revere later. Let's hit the Paul Revere now. Okay. He... He was an amateur dentist. Yeah. He was not a world-renowned dentist. He was not... He didn't carry around a dentist bag. He was one of the first people to practice forensics dentistry. Oh, really? Because okay, he cool. he identified the body of a friend of his by the dental work that he had done in his mouth. Okay. So he did dabble in it, but he wasn't, it wasn't what he did. And he was a silversmith first. Right. And so my first thought was, didn't we debunk this whole um, Paul Revere dentist thing in the Midnight Ride episode? So I went back and looked at the scene, the scene where Ichabod's at the Historical Society and he goes on a little rant um, because the tour guide is telling the kids that Paul Revere was a industrialist. He was a renowned dentist. He was a silversmith. He was a renaissance man. And Ichabod at that point says, um, everything these children are being told is apocryphal. Mm-hmm. Um, which from previous vocabulary lessons with Janya, um, it means false. So... I don't I think that word thinks what he thinks means what he thinks it does. As a viewer, it's I took that to mean that most of that was bullshit. Like we do right. know he was a silversmith. And then later in that episode, um, when they find the skulls, they have silver behind the teeth. Um, yeah, and they take that to mean well, that's where the whole dentist thing came from. So bringing this back and making him this dental expert, I but he I, I wasn't didn't buy though. it. He yeah. wasn't though. Uh, he did study dentistry and he did practice a little bit, but it was not what he did. Right. So, I mean, I can see it coming through the silversmith, but I don't know. So, yeah. Um, the fact that they keep going on, they just wanted, they needed something to pull through to tie into the, 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 the tooth fairy story. And I guess Paul, Paul Revere really would be their best bet. Yeah. Because he was an amateur dentist. He is a name that we recognize. So I understand why they twist read it. Yeah. It's just not true. It is it is a TV show. But looking it, at it, I thought they contradicted themselves. Because of what, what Ichabod said and then now. I will have to disagree with you. Okay. I don't think they did. Okay. I think they laid enough groundwork that they pulled it through. So you know what this means if you disagree with me, we have to fight it out now. Like, All right, that's it. Throw down your mic. Let's, let's go. go. <laughs> okay. Okay, so you thought they did, and I think I they did. I think there was enough of a thread there that they pulled it through. I That doesn't mean you have to like it. That's okay. But I think 
of all of the people in history they had to choose from mm-hmm. for a tooth fairy story, yeah, I think Paul Revere was their best bet. Okay, I could see that. Um, although they could have actually used one of George Washington's actual dentists. Yeah, <laughs> they were too busy because Paul him. Revere was not. Yeah. Even though they say so later in this episode, they could have used an actual. And I actually have an idea for that too. But we all just know. But we all know who Paul Revere is. So I think for yeah. the purpose of and we've this, met him before, right? And for the purpose of the Sleepy Hollow story, I think it has to work. Okay. I have to give it to him. You know. Okay. Um. So they go back to the archives and Ichabod and Abby. Okay. No, it was such a long story that they he started telling them while they were at the hospital, <laughs> and, and it ended at the archives. Yeah. I had to rewind it. I was like, my God, did he talk? Apparently, he did talk. Well, you know, Ichabod is loquacious. Or the hospital is next door. You know. Well, they were at the house. A house, hospital, wherever. Um, So, uh, they figure that uh, Revere used his dentistry powers um, to cover for his magical powers. I can um, see that. Abby's like... It'd be a good cover. Yeah, Abby's like, by the way, I guess who also uh, needs to see a dentist, one Ichabod Crane... And he's like, la, 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 Revere was a shitty dentist and I have bad memories, basically, is what it boiled down to. Yeah, that speaks to the stereotype of the English, don't ever go to the dentist. Yeah, and that people don't like the dentist, just in general. We still generally don't. I don't, but I go. Yeah. And so, but, um, but Revere manhandled, manhandled him. Manhandled, yeah. Uh, can we hear a little <laughs> bit more about this manhandling? <laughs> So, uh, Jenny does a search for Revere's dentistry bag, which apparently Woo-hoo! is a thing. And um, while Ichabod finds a reference to um, the Abizu, 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 uh, um, which, you know, just eats children's souls, Abizu. which is, is fine. Is? Okay, um, the Abizu is an actual... Demon, all, not a demon creature. Okay, it's a le- it's, it's a legit, established legit. Demon. It's legit. Uh, Abizu is the name. It's a female demon. Okay. Um, but the demon was blamed for miscarriages and infant mortality. Oh. Said to be motivated motivated by envy, as she herself was infertile. Really? Yes. That's interesting. And uh, and that's for the Near East European version. In Jewish tradition, she's identified with Lilith. Oh, okay. Um, but she has many, many names. But um, pictured on amulets with fish or serpent-like attributes. Uh, she's also mentioned in the Testament of Solomon, which I thought was really interesting. Okay. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's not... They talk about differently, like the, the wound of a child. But uh, for miscarriages and infant mortality, I think... You don't want to kill kids, yeah, on a primetime television show. Yeah. So because that was my first thing when they showed kids, I was like, "Don't kill them! Don't babies. kill them!" Uh, so I can they, they took a real they it. took a real de- yeah. a real it's real it's real uh, an actual demon a documented mythology that's already in use yeah. and twisted it. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, they say that um, the the wound left from a tooth. Is like a homing beacon for the demon. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought this was oddly specific for mythology, but apparently it takes 48 hours to complete its wow. soul-eating thing. And so they only have 36 hours left. Because that was around in 1 AD. Yeah. When, yeah well, what was, when was the Solomon 
Testament of Solomon written like a long, long time, ago. time ago. Yeah, and so um, they do have a weakness for silver, though. It, that silver is such a common. It's, it is. It's, it's what so common. It's the yeah, and it's worldwide. Everybody, everybody freaking knows. Mm-hmm. Why do you think I wear so much silver jewelry? There you go. You know. There you go. It's nothing to do with the fact that I have allergies to cheap metal. No. No, no, not at all. That's, that's not I'm, what it I'm is. I'm staying safe. There you go. That's, that's why right. I have all these earrings. See? That's right. Um, so Ichabod <laughs> uh, remembers Paul Revere giving <sighs> Betsy's little nephew a silver dollar. The silver coin. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dollar coin. Which they called it a silver dollar, and wouldn't that have been a butt ton of money back in the day? Yeah, it would have. Well, you know Betsy Ross gave the kid a coin. Yeah, and then Paul Revere gave that kid a coin. But I could have, I could have done okay with it being a silver coin. But they specifically called it a silver dollar. That would have been a lot of money. Yeah, so I'm like, whatever. Um, and so uh, they think that the whole giving kids coins started as protection against this demon. Sure, sure. And I, I'm not going to get into the fact that there's really no silver left in our coins anymore. But you know, whatevs. Um, it's all nickel. Yeah. And so uh, the legend also says, conveniently enough, that the demon is invisible. And that that only kids can see it. And so that well, sounds terrifying. Of course. That sounds terrifying. So we go to another child in the area. And um, this, this little boy, Gregory, who's also precious... Um, and his mom checks his tooth. Like, is it, is it close? Is it? And she's like, okay, it's close. And, um, she's like, do you want me to pull it? And he's like, no, 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 no. He was like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Which I, I wasn't one of those kids that was like, let's yank it out. I was just like the one that like, I sat there and worried at it. Yeah. Yeah. With my tongue. Um, and so his mom, uh, his mom leaves the room. Uh, well, no, she doesn't leave yet, but she opens, she opens the closet and he sees the monster, and she does not. Which just proves what they were just saying about kids saying, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so um, she reopens the closet, and it's gone. Even he doesn't see it at that point. And then the mom leaves, and um, bless him little heart. Brave little boy. Brave. He's so much braver than I would have been. He should have stayed under the blankets. They would have protected him. Exactly. That's what blankets do, kids. And so uh, he gets up, he turns his light on, and he goes to the closet, and nothing's there. Except for because it's already behind him. And he runs out screaming. So, yeah. Now, Poor baby. I would like to point out, this is why, as a child, my closet was always open. I know okay. it seems it's seems to be more common that little kids want their doors closed so the monster can't get them. Yeah. I always wanted mine open. So you could see it coming. So I could see it coming. And, but, uh, also, it, the monster couldn't appear if you're looking, right? Oh, that's kid logic. That's good kid logic. if you're logic. looking, it's not gonna, it always, they appear when you're not looking. Yeah. So, if my closet door was open and I could see in there, then it couldn't appear. I'm your classic, put my head under the cover and hope that it, you know, whatever the mm. thing is, whatever. I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the next day, we go to the archive again and, um... Our little team, uh, you know, strategizes. and um, Joe must be working. Yeah, that's what I got from it. But I don't think... It also could be that he's not a full-fledged member of the team yet. Yeah. So, 
Could be. Maybe he's not quite ready for... So, I was confused at this because all of the victims lived within a five-mile radius. There's only one right now. Well, first of all, they talk about the no quarantine and that Pandora would want panic. panic. Yes. So, we got the panic thing again. But then, uh, as Ichabod is thinking, he I think where that comes from is that he's remembering when it happened to betsy ross's niece that it had that it was a particular yeah that that particular incident happened in a very small radius okay okay so that they're just working off of something yeah so they decide they're they're guessing which i think is actually kind of cool because he didn't pull it up out of a book somewhere yeah or he remembered something right you know which speaking of when when they were talking about the abizu to begin with they did not Mm -hmm. tell us what book they were no they didn't which I'm not sure if I like that or not. Yeah. But they have so many freaking books. Maybe they got tired of name dropping. Yeah. Could be. Um, so that's where that the small area came okay. from. So they find out that there's only one uh, elementary school in the area. And um, Jenny's like, let's go look and see who's, you know, who's tooth losing. And um, that was awesome grammar. Yeah, it was. That was great grammar. This is why I'm a professional podcaster. Uh, and by professional, I mean, nobody pays me for this. <laughs> I'll buy you lunch. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so later they go to um, they go to the school, and Ichabod is introduced by the teacher as the curator of the new Hudson Valley Historical Society. And my first thought was, did he actually get a job? I don't know if he got a job, but they built him a cover finally. Or that's what he wants the archives to be. Well, I have issues with that. We'll talk about okay. that later. Um, and so, uh, but also they got into that school real fast. Yeah, they did. Because I'll tell you right now, if somebody just walked into the local elementary school in the like, United hey, States Like, hey, I want to talk to your kids about some stuff. Hell no, they would not. Mm-mm. Yeah. And so uh, he talks about the founding fathers and Jenny starts taking pictures, which also would not play. Well, she's, yeah, she was like, man, I got This is and she does the face. Yeah, She's shaking the, her head Jesus. and she pulls up. Her, no, that would not. Yeah. But I'm telling you, Abby's going to love it. Yeah. And so Ichabod talks about how Paul Revere was Washington's dentist. Well. Which the, I could, I thought maybe he is playing to the kids. The well, kids know George Washington. The kids know Paul Revere. I want to talk about teeth. So yeah. let's go there. But he could have stuck with, okay, the first thing he mentions, he talks about Washington was not the wealthiest man in America. Yep. However, I can't remember ever being taught that Washington was the richest man in America. So I don't know I where that was. came from. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, second of all, Washington did, in fact, grow hemp. Yeah, he did. He did. And Ichabod is just totally wrong. He did not grow hemp to smoke it, though. No. He grew, he had a plantation. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was for. It was a fiber. It was industrious. Yeah. So, yeah, he did. He just didn't grow it to smoke. Yeah. So, that's totally untrue. Um, he did not have wooden teeth. Right. That's a, that's a, that's a urban fallacy. legend or whatever. Correct. Um, and I've got a link to that. But, however, Washington had really shitty teeth. Yeah. From the age of 20 on, he had really, really crappy teeth. Yeah. Uh, so, he did actually have a lot of... And it was terrible. I mean, I was reading about it, and I was like, oh, my God, this poor man. Yeah. Uh, had all kinds of problems. Because dentures were not really yeah, developed very well. And there are actually still some of his teeth, his dentures around. Yeah. In some museums They were ivory, stuff. weren't they? Uh, hippopotamus ivory. Oh, there you go. Uh, some of it was made out of actually human teeth. 
Ugh, yeah, it was pretty so disgusting. Creepy. And it fit really badly, and it would make his mouth hurt, and it was just a problem yeah. for him his whole entire life. But Paul Revere was never, ever... Washington's dentist. Washington's dentist. Yeah. So... Um, and so he real uh, smoothly is like... So there was no reason for him to bring up Paul Revere. Yeah. There we go. But no. they could have... Because he could have just talked about Washington and teeth and who here has a loose tooth? That would have made a much better segue. And little, little baby Gregory does not raise his hand. Um, and this the students leave and the teacher thanks them. And I'm like, they he told them nothing. He taught them nothing. Why was that productive? But whatever. Um, so they go talk to the teacher, and um, she says that you're asking the show to be logical again. That's true. Um, she says that actually, little little Gregory is close to losing a tooth, and he didn't say anything. And he's not feeling well. Yeah, I forget how hard. Uh, I forget how hard that is on kids. Yeah, because now as adults, you know, a tooth gets it just you know. Well, that I'm sure he didn't sleep very well. That no, and growing deal. growing a tooth is hard on your body. Yeah, poor kid. Um, so Abby goes and talks to him, and she no, gives, Jenny goes and talks. Oh, to Oh yeah, him. Jenny. I was like, "Where's Abby?" Abby's yeah, never mind. Uh, Jenny I think goes Ab- and talks. To I him. think Abby's at work, probably because she's not here. Yeah, and um, so she gives him a silver dollar as protection against the things that only he can see. You understand? And I was like, oh, that was great. And she's down on her knees. She's down on his, on his level yep, again. Yep. I love that. And so uh, Gregory leaves and um, Abby tells Ichabod that they need to watch him. Jenny. Jenny. Why do I keep saying Jenny, Abby? It's even know. in my notes says Jenny. <laughs> oh, no. I just really like Abby. I'm just digging the whole Jenny uh, Ichabod yeah. thing going on here. Excuse yeah. me. And so... Um, so we have two kids. Yep. To watch. And they found out that Paul Revere's dental bag, because apparently that's a thing. Which, by the way, uh, just a minute ago, I tried to do a Google search on Paul yeah. Revere's dentist bed. Not so much is the thing. The only things that came back for it were this episode. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, so apparently it's at the Colonial Raleigh Museum, and Abby is trying to get her hands on it. And, um,. Ichabod's like, we need to get a silver weapon to kill it because it's got a weakness to silver, and so we need. A so they're weapon. hoping something's in yeah. the bag, but he uses the same cover story, and I'm glad that they brought that they're doing that, that they're giving him a cover, a hard cover. Yeah, the one that they're. I'm hoping they'll use it again and again. Yeah, but he changes it to the Hudson Historical Society and Armory. Well, the archives is in the old armory. That's what made me think that that's what Which, he wants to turn it into. I think that's great. Okay, sure, he wants that's what he wants to turn it into. They lose but their base. Here's my problem: Ichabod does not own the building. No, he does not. And even if he does give it get it historical status, that doesn't mean he has heard over. To, you know, that doesn't mean he gets to do with it what he wants. That's a good point because it still belongs to the sheriff's department. Yeah. They so. have not cleared that up yet, and I'm going to fight it. Okay. Because there's a stupid headstone in that damn <laughs> graveyard that they still have not cleared up. You thought I forgot about it, didn't you? I did you? not think you forgot about it. <laughs> so that they, while it's great, yeah, they're screwing themselves again. Okay. I don't like it. So they go back to the archive, and this is where Abby's uh, 
they they find Abby on the phone trying to uh, trying to finagle the bag out of this museum. She and is okay. Call it like it is. She's trying to bully them. She is because she's using her like cop bullying skills. And Ichabod's like, uh, let me handle this. And so he takes the phone and he's like, hello. <laughs> and he's using his big old Britishy Britishness. And he's like, I'm the curator of this, you know, uh, Hudson Valley Historical Society and Armory, and we want to use the the bag for an opening display and blah, la 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 and he gets it. Yay for him. Yay for Ichabod. Do you have a quill? Do you have a quill? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm like, Peter like- Quill? <laughs> no. Wrong show. <laughs> and so um, we get stakeout time. Yay. Which is exciting. We get Joe. Yeah. And so Abby and Jenny are watching Gregory's house while Ichabod and Joe are watching Saffron's house. Which I think that's an odd pair up. Oh, no. No. They're watching another girl. What The girl that wrote that raised her yeah, hand. Yeah. The other girl that raised her hand. Um, But still, you've got Ichabod and Joe watching the little girl's house. And, and then you've got Jenny and Abby watching the little boy's house. Yeah. Which I can understand... Why they had story wise, I can see why Jenny and Abby were at the boys' house because that's where the monster is, and that whole yeah. thing had to play out. But you that's backwards, yeah. You put them in on the little boys' house, I or am I being sexist? I don't know because the whole thing is, I don't know what they think they're going to, they're going to. Well, I was I don't know just what they think they're going to do when something happens because that could go so south so quickly because Abby's the only one with a badge that can maybe potentially explain her presence. Yeah. But also, wouldn't you have put Jenny and Joe together and then Abby and Ichabod? I think they did that on purpose, honestly. Well, they had to have the whole Joe Ichabod scene. And yeah. So. Yeah. Um, they're mixing it up. They are. And they're All mi- they're right. mixing it. It's kind of like um, in Cabin Pressure when John Fenimore said... He made a very deliberate attempt to mix the pairs up in certain episodes because it's a different dynamic. Yeah. So, you know. Okay. All right. All right. I'll leave it alone. Um, (laughs) so, uh, they're going to watch this other little girl. So they've got, yeah, logic. Sorry. There you go. And, um, they're talking to each other and then Abby, Abby signs off and, um, Ichabod gets another text from Zoe Corinth. And um, they're talking an awful lot about this. Yeah. And Joe's like, hey, just word to the wise, the Mill sisters, man, they will try to matchmake your ass. So there's a history of the girls matchmaking Joe up with women. So I'm really hoping that this is telling us that we're not going to see Joe and Jenny hook up. Yeah. He is their little brother. Yes. And Ichabod's like, no, 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 no. She's she's just she's just my citizenship person. And um, he's like, uh, relationships are complicated. And Joe's like, yeah, you're overthinking things. I have a prediction. Okay. I don't think that anything is really going to come out of the relationship between Ichabod and... Zoe. Zoe. I wanted to call her not Caroline. <laughs> uh, I don't think anything's really going to come of it. Yeah. But I do think she's going to be in danger... Before the season is over. Okay. One of these monsters of the week. Is going to go after her. Is going to go after her in some form or fashion. Um, that's where I see her character going. That's what happened to Caroline. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping they don't kill her. Yeah. Because they killed Caroline and they killed Katrina. Yeah. So let Ichabod have an independent friend outside of the group. 
But don't kill them off. Yeah, don't make it like if you sleep with Sam Winchester, you die. Oh my god! You notice he hasn't hooked up with anybody in a long time. Yeah, he hasn't. So anyway, so yeah. um, But that's my prediction that this relationship will never solidify. They'll play at it. Better not. It won't. I'm telling you, it won't. They'll play at it because they're talking it up a lot. And this is so. it, It is fun from a standpoint of I get to see Abby be jelly. Yes. And I'm like, and we yeah, get to see, jealous. and we get to see Ichabod be embarrassed. Yes, which is a lot of fun. Yes, but I don't think it'll go anywhere, and I think she's going to become probably closer to the maybe to the end of the season. Uh huh. She's going to be in danger. Okay, but I'm hoping they're not going to kill her off. It's yeah. been done. So that's my prediction. Yeah. Okay, there it is. So you got it. You got it on the record. There it's at. There um, it's at. So we go to <laughs> we go to Gregory's house, and um, he has this babysitter. Who is a typical teenage, I just want to talk on the phone to my boyfriend. Um, and he wants Not her text? To, yeah, I know, right? Kids these days. And so uh, he's like, he wants her to watch TV with him. And she's like, give me 10 minutes to finish up my call and then I will take you out for ice cream. I think that's reasonable. It is. Now, yeah, I understand for, he's scared and he's there's scared. an actual monster. But I think that's a reasonable Because <clears throat> he's uh, at the deal. age she doesn't have to watch him every waking second. Right. And so. I think... I, I would give her 10 minutes for ice cream. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Ice, ooh, ice cream sounds good. Ooh. Um, So we go, ooh. yeah, we go back to Abby and Jenny in the car. And Food sounds good. I'm sorry. Abby's like, hey, I found dad. Okay, so. And Jenny's like, hey, I found him five years ago. <laughs> so here's where I wanted to point out. Okay. Way back at the beginning. Remember, if you will. Okay. The beginning of this episode. Okay. When young Abby and Ichabod... Okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, when they were having the conversation about what they can't unknow, and Ichabod says to her, you will make the right decision at the right time. Yep. That this was, was not, not the, the right, right time. time. And we both said that when we were texting each other. We both we said, did. this is not the time, Abby. And our text went through right about this exact yeah. same time. So this was not the right time. It was not. It was not so indeed. <laughs> that's why I wanted that's why I was pointing that line of dialogue out. Yeah. But this Abby wasn't so not the right time. Yeah, but Abby like decides to drop it out and Jenny's like, Yeah, I already knew that. And it he's remarried and I know all this stuff and yada da da. It would have made a good epilogue to the episode. Yeah. But I like the epilogue they did better. Yeah. Um, and so Abby's like, Uh, you didn't tell me anything and Jenny's like, Yeah, he's kind of a dick, he's got a new family and it it wouldn't have it wouldn't have done you any good, basically. Well, and we learned that everything Jenny remembers about her dad is what Abby has told her. Because she was three. Yeah, your memory doesn't kick in until you're about four. I mean, when I was that age, I thought somebody stole our lamps. Because our lamps You told me that story. And it, it took, it was probably another ten years before my mom finally reasoned with me. And she was like... Do you honestly think somebody broke in our apartment in Chicago and stole lamps? She was like, we gave them to your uncle. Oh. I was convinced, though, for you, because that was, like, when I was, like, three years old. And I was like, no, our lamps got stolen. So, yeah, you're right. Your memories at that age are so dodgy. I don't. I wonder where you got the idea of it being stolen. The concept of something of being. The concept of something being stolen at three years old. That's a big concept. Yeah. I wonder where I you got that from. Hellbent. Hellbent. You must have watched something or <laughs> read a, st- or not read, but heard a Who story, knows? something about Who something being knows? stolen. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Wow. She makes a point of saying everything she knows about her dad is because 
of what Abby's told her. Yeah. And apparently Abby's been kind of angry about all this up until now. Don't blame her. I think this asshole deserves none of their time. They are way too awesome to waste their time with somebody like that. Well, for the longest after watching this episode the first time, I got to thinking, oh, they have a brother. But then I realized it's a stepbrother. Yeah. So he's not blood related. So he's not going to become part of the prophecy because that was my original thought well, if yeah. they have a little brother maybe they're going to try and find some way to pull him into the whole prophecy thing but if yeah. he's a stepbrother maybe not yeah um so we see uh we go to gregory and we see that his tooth starts to bleed yeah he takes a drink of water and the tooth uh-huh which is kind of a cool effect mm-hmm. i know it was it was it was a um practical effect but i, I kind of liked it and the so the monster it. enters the room Poor and little actor. I mean, little kid little, actors. Poor little baby. He screams and he runs outside. And, um, of course, Jenny and Abby hear him and they run They run to help him. Now, you know, a lot of times when they have child actors in a, in something scary, mm-hmm. they don't tell them what the story is. They have no idea. They have the no context. idea. Yeah. No. Yeah. They just go in and they shoot the scene and they give him ice cream and the they kid, go home. the kid from The Shining had no idea what was going no on. No clue. He was just riding around in his trike. And playing with these two little these two little twins. Had no clue. No vision. Yeah. So that I think that's good. Um, well, they have to. Yeah. And so he uh, he brandishes the coin and the Abizu does like retreat. Does react. Yeah. yeah. It, it like re- recoils from it. And... Um, and man, this little baby Gregory, he goes after it. Bless him. And he He's a brave little kid though. He is. He's instructing Jenny and Abby where to aim at him. And yeah, I hear him scream, he don't can they? See it. Yeah. Cause they yeah, they run over they and they okay. cause he can see it and they can't. And so Jenny decides to um Well, she accidentally hits a sprinkler. Yeah, she chops it. Yeah, and it manages to show where where it is because the drops fall on the monster. Yeah, and um, so I think that's interesting. They get Gregory inside, and Jenny sprays it with a garden hose to get a good look at it. So I thought that was really smart. But I thought it was really convenient that the little kid goes, Gregory goes back inside, and the babysitter's like, "Oh, well, let's go for ice cream." And I'm like, that gets him out of the house and away from the monster. I'm like. Wow, that was really convenient, but wow, they sure still they set filled, it up. They still filled out that plot hole. Yeah. Bless you. Heather, yeah. thank Heather, you. Heather, you're doing great. Thank you. Um, and so this figure emerges and it knocks Abby down. It's and it's that okay, let's talk about the monster. Okay. While the CGI effects were really good and some other people in the world it might actually have been kind of creepy. That particular style of monster is so done with the the backward bending that that crab walk and kind I think of thing. part of that had to have been practical because there are people who can do that. Yeah, but it's just so done. Yeah, I was I wanted to laugh at it. I was not scared. I'm <laughs> sorry. It was just weird. I just, it, it's very trendy, I guess. And so anyway, so um. Jenny gets knocked down, and Abby goes to help her, and um, she ends up stabbing the Abizu with uh, the silver blade, but it doesn't really do anything. And so the Abizu knocks Abby into a tree, and it scampers away. Literally. And and Jenny um, runs over to Abby, who is unconscious. I noticed, and this, maybe it was just my ear, and I don't know why this is important to me, but we call her... Abby. Yes. 
Jenny was calling her Abby, I think. Okay. I don't remember that, but then again, I'm just like, my baby. I want to replay the scene for you. Okay. And when we do, when we're finished recording, I want you to tell me if you hear it or not. And I want to know if any of the listeners heard it. Okay. Her pronouncing it slightly different. Specifically in that scene. Specifically in that scene, whether or not Lindy pronounced the name differently. You think she maybe reverted to a childhood... I want that's what I want to know okay we'll see we'll see if I notice it too and I would like to know if any of our our listeners out there heard it too okay Abby Abby okay as opposed to Abby yeah so Um, anyway so Abby's hurt pretty badly Abby's in the hospital I need more Ichabod in the hospital with Abby we see because Ichabod's always the one getting hurt yeah that poor guy I know right (laughs) so they uh Jenny and Ichabod are in the hospital um checking on Abby and um, Ichabod tell Ichabod is the one comforting Jenny, which I think is nice. Um, well, Abby's gonna be fine. And they're not in their dynamic. She's the sister. Yeah, he's just a partner. Yeah, yeah. So, but she's the sh- quote unquote strong one. But I, I think it's nice because Jenny is not a two dimensional character. She's, no, she's not, not. She's not the strong female archetype she uh, is, that doesn't feel any you know remorse or whatever right she is visibly shaken she's got tears in, i mean obvious tears in her yeah. eyes she is almost frozen in fear yep at this point which i thought was great and ichabod's being the strong one um but he wants to go and uh he wants to go research some more he wants to keep fighting which i think is part of his personality yeah knowledge he's got to have knowledge he wants to fight this thing yep to help Abby. But when he says to her, your duty in this battle is now to heal. <laughs> and you noticed he had tears he in his eyes. He had teary eyes, too. It was beautiful. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. He's like, uh, okay, so we were wrong about this silver thing, but we need to do some more research. And this is when... Um, and it's what Abby would want him to do. Yeah, exactly. And so this is when a little saffron comes in and um, she tells Jenny, she's like... The doctors don't think Tess is going to wake up. Mm. And um, she, of course, blames herself because she's like, I'm the older sister. And I thought this was interesting because this is older sister talking to younger sister, even it's though Jenny's a grown adult. It's an interesting dynamic that Jenny's, they did there. Jenny's the little sister. I see what you did there. And um, so Jenny's like, you know what? You just need to think about all the all the times you've had with your sister, the good stuff. Think about and, the good stuff. And the th- you're going to have. She yep. keeps it present tense. Yep. It's not a past. Yeah. And she's like, your sister loves you, and there is nothing any monster can do to change that. Which I thought was nice, because Jenny doesn't give her this, we're going to save your sister, she'll be fine thing. But she, she just tells her positive things, she not does. platitudes. Right. And I think this was a really sweet scene, and they talk about sisters, I really didn't get it mm-hmm. because I don't have a sister. Yeah. I have a brother. Yeah. And I'm an only child. And you're an only child. So I I guess this was supposed to be a more more emotionally touching scene yeah. than I got from it. Yeah. Because you just didn't have a connection to it. What was it? I was talking to my mother about uh, Frozen. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and I thought it was okay. My mother... Uh, got really wrapped up in it and I was discussing it with mom I was mm-hmm. like yeah I didn't really didn't feel really that with me. it and mom said to me she said it's because you don't have a sister I was like huh that was very perceptive of her to th- I just didn't think it that way yeah. and then then I took saw this and You're in like, that sense I, I, like, I don't have a sister yeah okay I can't connect to it yeah 
Yeah. I yeah, got, and I I, I, a, I thought it was good, but yeah, it didn't like hit me in the heart. I you know. Um, and so Pandora shows up after Jenny leaves, and she's like, "Yeah, she can't keep her promise." And because adults lie. Because adults lie, and um, you okay. know, nobody else believes what you're saying but pro, me. Pro tip. Yeah. Don't lie to your kids. Yeah. Don't just don't do just it. Just don't do it. And um, she says that she knows what Saffron can do to make Tessa better. And then she gives Saffron this silk pouch. The little gold pouch. I didn't realize until later. I thought she wanted Saffron to put a tooth in it. Yeah. But we see later, I think she's giving her Tessa's tooth. Okay. Or but a they, tooth. But they didn't make that clear. No. Because again, they didn't show us Tessa's tooth to begin with. Had they no. shown us... That little gold pouch under Tessa's, or dad putting it under Tessa's pillow. to tie it. So it makes me wonder if they filmed it and cut it out for time. Because I, because I just It made no sense. I just thought, okay, she gave her a tooth. I didn't even, I didn't necessarily think that it was Tessa's tooth. So I don't know if, I don't know if we can blame that on the writer, the director, or editing. Yeah. Because that, that's a huge hole that I don't know where that came from. Yeah. So we know because we never see Saffron with a loose tooth. Mm-mm. We saw Tessa with missing teeth. Yeah, but we don't know so how recent just, that was. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't play. So, um, so Jenny goes back to the archive where Ichabod is uh, rooting around in Paul Revere's dental bag. Well, I'm taking this because Jenny got up and left Abby because mm-hmm. originally she was like, "I need to stay here," but after talking to Saffron, she's she like, realized. "I need to get up and fight for Abby because she's my sister, and I need exactly." To save her. So and so, um, and I need to keep fighting for this other sister too. Yeah, <clears throat> he realizes that. The tools form some kind of like um, transformer version of a weapon. Um, sure. They all start fitting together, and I'm like, whatever, whatever. And um, at this point, the whole Paul Revere thing is just yeah, whatever. And so he tells Jenny, he's like, I saw this the the flash that we saw. He explains to her, I saw this flash of light underneath the door, and um, and Jenny's like, you know what? Silver nitrate makes the flash. Thank you. Jenny came up with an answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. And it was sciencey and it was great. And it wasn't so, Abby. It wasn't Ichabod. It was Jenny. And she makes a connection. She's like, there are traces of silver nitrate in water. And that's why they were able to see it briefly. Boy, she, Jenny is smart. But to, mm-hmm. to be the Indiana Jones type character that she is, mm-hmm. these are things that she would know out on her own Traveling around. Traveling on the world and that's the in thing, the wild. You don't just get these things. In the wild. <laughs> yeah. These these artifacts were presumably protected in some cases. Sure. So she has to know a lot of arcane stuff. Yeah. So this is this was great. And so, um But just the fact that it was Abby that came up with that answer, just yeah. I applaud you, Heather. And so Jenny's like, Okay, we have a weak spot now. Um, which I think is great. And so we go back to the hospital and Pandora visits Abby. And um, just think, as Abby's waking up. Now, I think when she walks into the room, she's humming another lullaby. The oh. tune sounded really familiar, but I couldn't pick it up enough to name it. Okay. Um, I'm, I would have to listen to it over and over again. And it mm-hmm. wasn't, because it was someone humming, I couldn't Shazam it. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. You won't pick up humming. Uh, but it really sounded familiar, and but it sounded lullaby-y. Okay, so Ish. if anybody recognizes it, let us know. Yeah, I'd like to know. Um, and so uh, she... But 
Did you notice what she called Abby when she woke up? Napalutu? She said, hey, sleepyhead. Oh, I didn't. That went right over my head. She called hey, her a sleepyhead. She said hey to the fandom. So was that fan service? I think that was fan I service. I think it was. I think that was fan service because they do know we're sleepyheads. Hey, sleepyhead. Um, she tells, okay. she tells, um, she says that they keep fighting and getting hurt. And you're not like the others. Yeah. And Abby's like, we're going to fight you as long as you're preying on children. Well, okay. No, wait. What she says is you're not like the others. You don't crave mortality. Not yours. Not your sister's. Not even Napa, the Napa Lutu, whatever. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I don't understand this reference to mortality, though. What does I, that I have? guess because they're, they're fighting these things with rather than just self-preservation. Right. But why does that matter to her? don't know that's it's not clear that's what i I, i'm just curious i'm hoping that they will explain it yeah uh so the napalutu yeah that she mentions i couldn't find any direct references to it i did find a little bit of meta okay on the tumblr okay i did go tumblers um and i will put a link to it and i am totally going to give this person credit Uh, awesome sauce bryony in the nettles okay writes uh that it could the the utu part mm-hmm. could refer to the sumerian sun god named utu okay uh as a side note utu's father just happened to be the moon god and crescent moon is depicted on that tablet ichabod found oh the tablet that doesn't look like them right uh utu has been used as a suffix before amur utu is another god whose name literally means calf of utu Okay. This god is also known as Murdoch for the curious out there and unfortunate Anne Rice fans. Okay. I am not an Anne Rice fan, so I'm not sure what that's about. Uh, Napal, N-A-P-A-L, is a, is trickier. I can't find any reference to it in Sumerian. Doesn't mean it ain't out there, though. Right. But I did find the Hebrew verb, uh, which means to fall. Uh, Nephilim is probably derived from this verb. Hmm. So my equation Nephilim means fallen of Utu. So fallen of the sun god. Right. So uh, now there's a little more. Uh, The head and the kin added the comment, this is interesting. Further research, I think I posted this before, but Peter Mensa's character is called the Hidden One, a name associated with Amun, king of the gods in early Egypt, who then was merged with the Egyptian god Sun-Ra to become Amun-Ra. Oh. That said, Napalu is actually an Akkadian word. Uh, Napalu, which is spelled N-A-P-A-L-U, is to demolish or tear down. We had some Akkadian references earlier in the season, didn't we? Also, to dig out, to gouge out, to demolish an uh, an interpreter or a translator, depending on your usage of the word. But the fact that they uh, talk about the translation that's on the tablet as destroyer. Mm Mm-hmm. The definition of demolish, tear down. And the tablet was supposed to be some form of Akkadian, wasn't it? Uh, Sumerian, which Sumerian and Arcadian are very... Yeah. They're very close. So I I have to give these people kudos for doing this research Yeah, that's for awesome. Us, and I'm totally tagging this uh, in our post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I think this is incredible. That's awesome. Um, I'm love, glad you found that. I lo- yeah. Well, it was one of the top results outside of references to the show itself 
and I just thought it was really interesting. So yeah. while I can't find anything about that word in particular, some this meta, mm-hmm. and if anybody out there has any other meta about this particular character, this creature, or anything else ever, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna put it in there. Random Tea Podcasts at Tumblr uh, dot Tumblr dot com. Yes, tag us. We yeah, want to read the meta. It. We want to know because I am not a meta writer type person because I'm. No. I, I need I need I have friends that do meta in other fandoms and they have to explain me things and they have to go look at this thing I noticed and I'm like I didn't notice that but I'm glad you did thank you for thanks explaining for telling it. me yeah I did do but I want to hear about metas yeah 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 so so that's good stuff I was so happy to actually to, to find some so yeah so that's about the Nepalutu so she's talking to Abby um and so she says that um you know she she still fights like she does have something to lose and she um asks her what she can't what it is that she can't lose she seems confused and this is when she starts talking about her father pandora's father well, she says this is why her father beat her mm-hmm. and when um he tired of it he sold her into slavery daddy was an ass yeah and it, she says at one point she couldn't speak Mm-hmm. Or she had lost the ability to speak. And eventually she um, convinced the slave owner to feed her father to his lions. And she was like, it was sadder than I expected. And then she starts to leave. And Abby, um, she's like, she tells Abby that she hopes um, she's not too attached to the two little girls. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know what to think about you now because I'm totally confused. Well, and... Uh, she talks about, uh, she's asking Abby, what can you not accept to lose? She says, mm-hmm. your mother's dead. Your father is far away. Wow, she knows a lot about yeah. Abby. Yeah. She knows an awful lot about Abby. This uh, really got me thinking that this is a lot more than the Pandora we know and love. Yes. There is a whole lot more to this woman yeah. than just a woman with a box. Yeah. And she lets evil out occasionally. Yeah, there's there's a little bit more to this Thank goodness. Um, and so we go to Little Saffron, and she is. Uh, she goes to her treehouse, and she puts the teeth on the floor. The teeth that um, Pandora gave her. I assume I'm thinking that's her sister's tooth. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't. It wouldn't really make sense to just be some other random child's teeth. And it does, but it doesn't make sense in the explanation of this creature because it's the child's wounds. Yeah. So I don't not some clean teeth. Yeah, the whole the monster is not explained very well. No. Um, and so the monster shows up and starts to attack. And the, ki- the kid has a freaking poker. I know, like a fire what? poker. What? These kids are some brave ass children. Well, where did she get the poker from? I think from it looked like a fireplace poker. Yeah, but where did she get that from? Just took it from the house, you know, because she's completely unsupervised. At this Apparently point. so. Uh, but Ichabod shows up and he's got a uh, silver nitrate. And um, it, of course, shows the monster. And um, and Jenny's there. Yep. Ichabod kicks it out the window and Jenny is waiting. <laughs> with when a, you say it like that. Yeah. Just kicks it out the window. It's fine. And so Jenny's there um, and the monster runs off. But Jenny goes after it into the woods. And I'm like, don't go into the woods. Don't go into the backlit woods. But were they backlit? They weren't, but ba- not like before not they weren't as, backlit. No, not as, they not were, as badly backlit. It was a much more subtle lighting yeah. than the uh, uh, spotlights yeah. <laughs> of seasons past. Like, Thank in the, goodness. We're in the woods, and yet it's inexplicably light. Um, so Blindingly it, light it was. Yeah. Now, this was much softer. Yeah. 
much more twilighty. Yeah. I liked it. Almost like they changed the filter on the camera as opposed to trying to put big lights in the background. Well, you know, you've got uh, you've got a director of photography as a director. Well, there He's you got go. got that background. There so. you go. I just hope they keep it up. Um, and so they, uh, Ichabod sends uh, Saffron back into the house. And um, Jenny's like, the it wore off. But um, he's able to, Ichabod's able to, um, like, see branches moving and stuff. So he kind of knows where he is. And so he ends up, um, he is able to get a shot off and it briefly shows the creature. And so he has to reload. And um, while he's trying to reload, the um, the Abizu knocks him over. And um, he's able to, like, spy the footprints. And he gets some sil- more silver nitrate. There's so much silver nitrate in this. So much. And um, Jenny manages to stab it. And it collapses and dissolves into dust, which is easy cleanup. For monster yeah, hunters. I was yeah. My original thought was uh, when Paul. Re- I was like back when Paul Revere was doing this. When he killed, did he just leave the invisible creature in the kids' room because that would just be freaking creepy? <laughs> no, it's a self cleaning monster. Awesome, even better. I just thought it was interesting that the little girl he had already like the or she because f- mythology shows us that it's a female creature. She had already done her bit on the soul stuff. Why would she revisit that room with Bits- with Betsy's niece if it had already done its, like, soul stuff? Oh, that's a good point. Because we see why it's going after... Well, no, we don't really see why it's going after Saffron because she's got these teeth that don't make don't, any damn it, sense. It, there's no logic. Yeah, logic, again. Um, How dare you? I know. So we go to the hospital and Tessa wakes up! Yay! Yay! And Abby's up and... Just this once. Yeah. Everyone lives. Everyone lives. Thank you for the Doctor Who reference. You're welcome. I thought you'd like that. And so, um, Abby's, Abby's in the hallway and she sees it all. And, um, she, she calls Ichabod, um, to confirm what happened. And, you know, the, the Abizu is killed. And so the girl, little girl is saved. Yay. Um, and so this is when we get into Okay, so wait. Yeah. The parents are at the hospital room with Tessa. Who was, was with Saffron, Saffron just hanging out at her house? She's just hanging out with Jenny and Ichabod. This is poor supervision. <laughs> um, so we get a, we get another flashback, and Ichabod is um, oh my god going to watch Betsy Ross, who is poorly fighting, quote unquote, with other men. They're training, and um, she comes over and she's like, "Oh hey, I'm sorry for literally shutting you out," and Ichabod's like. No, it's fine. I thought that I thought that we had a certain kind of relationship, and it turns out we didn't. And she's like, "You overthink things." And then she kisses him a lot, a lot, and he kisses back. And I don't like it. I don't fucking like it. But it was just a dream. <laughs> it was just a dream, and Ichabod is smooching on thin air and it's hilarious yeah it's really weird and i'm like um okay because ichabod it turns out is um he's in the dentist's office and apparently they they knocked him out i think they were doing more than just a cleaning there was I, a procedure happening yeah they there was a, have been. something because they don't just they don't gash you for a cleaning no and so <laughs> it would be fun though abby wakes him up and she's like it's over and so um 
she gives him a mirror so he can ex- inspect the dentist's handiwork. And he, he's, like, really happy that it didn't hurt. Yeah. And, and he's like, he wasn't dreaming. Uh-huh. And um, this is when Zoe sends a selfie. And um, Abby's like, yeah, you know, you're, you're flirting quite a bit. He saves, he, she saves him from texting while drugged. That's a true friend. That, it really is. It really she's is. She's like, unless it's an emergency, she's like, you Zoe's texted you. To- she takes the phone from yeah. him. The fact that she's so handy with his phone tells you how tight they are because yeah. I don't even play with your phone. No, no. So, um, you do know my passcode, though. Yes, and you know mine. Yes. And, and I have looked over your shoulder, but I don't take your phone because yes. that's a no no. Yes. So that's that, emergency only type thing. I know. So, and this is what this, this was an emergency. Yeah. It was like, she's, no, baby, just. If I were gonna... in a dentist chair and somebody were to text me, I would expect the same from you. Yeah, so to go, no. Unless it's an emergency, you yeah. do not need to respond. And that is so true. Texting yeah. drugged is so dangerous. I yeah. know from experience. Oh, okay. Because when I was taking um, Ambien. Oh, yeah. You had some weird, like, I sleep had, texts. I had some, because they talk about one of the side effects of sleep eating. Yeah. I was a sleep texter. Oh, my gosh. And I got into some seriously bad conversations. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And But the problem was I would delete them. And so you didn't know? So when I came to the next morning, I would not remember any oh of it because of the retro um, amnesia yeah. that it causes. And yeah. that's why I quit taking them. Oh, wow. Oh, my. It was bad. So the moral of the story is friends don't let friends text Thank and you. be drugged. Thank you. So there you go. Um, so we go later to... Um, now wait. Okay. There's a bit emoji. Okay. And Abby's like... You made a bit emoji, and she shows it to him. Yeah. And he looks at his, I'm adorable. Yeah. Which was absolutely great. Because you I, are. You're precious. He, he is a precious, precious cinnamon roll. So I had, you know, that's an actual app. Okay. Bit emoji. Bit emoji. And okay. you can go and make an avatar of yourself. Okay. And it's frightening. Okay. It's a real thing. All right. I, are you going to link to it in the show notes? No. Okay. But you can search your but you, local app store for it. It's it's I believe it's Android and no, it's in Google Play and uh, the i iTunes iTunes store. So okay, I found it. I did not download it. Okay, I did not. Um, so we go to Jenny and Abby, and they're talking about the um Sophie Foster who took the shard, or she didn't take it for very long. Um, and so they um, didn't we already know her name? Yeah, but this is Jenny telling Abby. Oh. Jenny hasn't filled Abby in on. Cool. Um, and so they've also learned that someone named Atticus Nevins paid Sophie. So he was the one that commissioned the job. And um, Jenny does apologize. She's like, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you about, about Dad. And um, Abby's like, no, it's okay. And um, she she tells him that no fight will ever keep them apart again. And I'm just like... My babies, my sweet mill sisters. I'm so glad they have come They're so far. They're actually talking. I know. And um, Jenny, Jenny's like, so do you want to talk to Dad? And she's like, yeah, J- Abby does, but she doesn't want to mess up his new life. And um, and Jenny's like, the only thing that matters is that we have each other. Oh, I'm like, oh. I'm so glad they have reconciled in such a great way. Dad's not out of the picture. Yeah. 
there's still... I'm worried dad is the one that hired Sophie. That he's using the Atticus name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm worried Sophie's somehow related to they wouldn't still. have. I'm still worried about that. They wouldn't have brought up the whole dad's storyline unless it had a tie-in somewhere. And why did they bring Sophie up? Why couldn't they have just have been... In the same conversation. Yeah. Yep. Because it could just have been the whole... The only dad thing in the episode could have been that Jenny also knew. Right. But no, they bring up Sophie. So I'm afraid that she's related somehow. Um, so Abby uh, comes home to the home that she shares with Ichabod in their home. And um, Ichabod is, tells her about the Nepalutu, at, which is Sumerian for destroyers. Which is awesome meta, meta that, you know, we're linking to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like we said, that's engraved on the prophecy tablet that doesn't look a thing like them. Um, and Ichabod thinks that uh, the Pandora that they're dealing with is Sumerian, not the classic Greek version. Thank you. Yeah. And so they wonder... Um, the fact that they actually pull that into the story and that line of dialogue. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. They've done... The thing is... And, and Heather, uh, the overall story arc mm-hmm. is beautifully pulled through this episode mm-hmm. but that tooth fairy yeah it's so confusing logic leaps around that have been confusing yeah. but yeah um and so they wonder what the hell pandora's up to and so we go to pandora in her weird ruins and um she is watching what you'd call you call split screen i called it uh what was it the split, split screen like a uh, oh. water view or something like that. Oh crap! I Fountain have, view. I'm gonna pull up my text. Um, because she's watching Abby and Ichabod, um, but it's not them together. It's like a picture of Abby next to a picture of Ichabod, um, and we get another blossom coming out on her tree. Mm. Another fear blossom. That's us talking about Assassin's Creed. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it was it was cheesy. I thought that effect was cheesy. Split screen puddle. Split screen puddle. There's what go. I called it. Yeah. Not near as exciting in hindsight, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was the split screen puddle, um, which I thought was really crazy. So she's that whole she's watching. That's creepy. Yeah. Wow. I know. Do not want. Yeah. Like, so. do you tune in when they're on the toilet? That's weird. Stop doing that, Pandora. You purr. Or in the shower. I know. Totally. You know she's doing it when they're in the shower. Um. So, yeah, like I said, overall, I think the, the overall story. I think if you look at it too close, that's where you start scratching your head going, wait, wait, that doesn't quite make sense. Right. Um, but you're right. It's the stuff around the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, the Tooth Fairy itself, it's it's almost like the story was there. Yeah. And I'm sure Heather has it all written out. Mm-hmm. But they had to cut for time. Yeah. And for other story that was more important. But I was very intrigued by Pandora's story. And I wanted to know more. Yes. Already, I was like, okay. She became more interesting. Yeah. I mean, she's taunting them. So, she used to be a human. Apparently. If she's not now, because she's hella powerful now. And she feels pain because she was beaten. Yeah. Yeah. And felt the anger towards her father about all of that. So, but how did she become who she is now? Yeah, exactly. So, I, I'm very interested to find out really more interesting. now. Really interesting. More so than I was before the episode. So, they did a good job. Yes. I want to, yeah, I absolutely Because I've been very much like, yeah, okay, whatever, Pandora. Yeah, I want to know more about her. So, so I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. 
I think I had said everything I had to say during the episode. Okay. I think I did too because we talked a lot. Yeah, we did. Um, So we do want to hear from you guys about yes. various and sundry things. Um, So you can email us at randomteapodcasts at gmail.com. You can find us on the Twitters at randomteacasts. Or you can get us on Tumblr at randomteapodcast.tumblr.com. Absolutely. You can tag us. Mm-hmm. It'll be awesome. Um, be great. And to make all of it simple, you can also find all of that information on our website at randomteapodcast.com. And they can also find all our other podcasts on that on that website as well. Wow. Because we also do Gotham. Yes, and we're also doing uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Yes, and we also have the random movies thread that's for things not Marvel. Because uh, <laughs> really, we- that's all the categories you need in life is Marvel and not Marvel. That's all there is. Um, <laughs> and we just released our podcast on Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, for so Halloween. Those are Halloween things. So go and listen to that and check it out if you like scary stuff because yeah. it's not scary. <laughs> and coming up soon, what do we got? Agent Carter. Yay! I'm so excited. That'll be fun. And uh, like we said at the beginning of the cast, next week will probably be a long one. Yes. Because uh, we're, we're going to be doing the, the whole crossover. Yes. So send us your thoughts. Yes. I, I'm just stating for the record, I think this is kind of going to be a train wreck. It's going to be terrible. I think there's going to be some cool moments because we saw in the previews that um, Abby and Booth are going to be together and then Brennan and Ichabod are going to be together. So you got your brains and your brawn. But I think we'll get some fun little character interactions. Yeah. But I think overall it's going to be a hot mess. It's going to be so so messy that is my prediction yes i agree with your prediction okay (laughs) all right you got anything else nope i'm good thanks for listening guys thank you guys